دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی پاس هم روی زمین گشت سردارات بود به توی دروازه سردارات بود گل به نماز بود به برای ایران بزنه کریم ازداری فر Hello to all of the Gold Bazan listeners. Welcome to a new podcast today on Gold Bazan. It is your new host, Shion, here. Uh, doing my first podcast as the new host of Golbazan. I hope you guys enjoy my work here for the uh, for them, and I really appreciate the team. So today, kind of itinerary of what we're going to be talking about is I'm joined as panelists uh, by Arya and Pejman, and we're going to be breaking down from the countries of Portugal, Belgium, uh, Turkey, and France, talking about some of the players that are playing domestically in those countries, and we're going to be talking to the journalist, journalists Tom Kundert from Portugal, Maxime Jaquis from Belgium, Baruch Ekin from Turkey, and you guys will be hearing those interviews from each uh, from each of the panelists, the people that uh, that were speaking to them uh, in those interviews, and yeah, that's that's basically it. Glad to be back on uh, Shayan. Hopefully. Uh, we can speak about the, the players that are playing in Europe and uh, have a good podcast. I'm sure you will do a great job uh, hosting this round. Well Thank you. I, you can tell that I can just hear all the amazing confidence uh, Arya and Pejman have in me uh, in this new episode. So so the first interview we'll be uh, letting you guys listen to is the one that was uh, from Portugal by Tom Kundert. And uh, Pejman was the one that spoke to him about our pl- uh, the players, the Iranian players that are playing domestically in Portugal. Hi, this is Pejman Pons from Golmezan uh, and with us we have Tom Kundert of Portugal.net, uh, a well-known journalist living in Lisbon, Portugal and uh, writes a lot of the Portuguese football. Uh, hi Tom, how are you doing? Hi there, Fishnit. Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Um, could you just talk shortly about your, your story with Portugal and uh, what you do both on social media and, and how you started? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, when I first came to Portugal in 1994, uh, it was a completely different time in terms of football journalism. There wasn't much English language information about Portuguese football. So, uh, and then the internet, you know, was just kind of, starting to kind of permeate through all parts of society. So uh, I decided to start up a, what started off as a blog, which turned into a website and which turned into uh, something quite uh, bigger with lots of uh, collaborators just talking about Portuguese football. Uh, now in Portugal, we have three Iranians playing in that league. We have uh, Mehdi Taremi in uh, Rio Ave, we had Amir Abedzadeh, the goalkeeper in Maritimo, and uh, we have uh, Mehdad Mohammadi in Aves. Uh, could you just uh, shortly uh, tell us how have these three clubs done this season uh, compared to maybe what they thought they will end up before the season? 
Yeah, okay. Well, three very contrasting fortunes with the three clubs. Uh, I think you could say the one thing which linked them is the fact that the three Iranian players you mentioned have all done really well uh, at, at the clubs. But as for the, the clubs themselves, uh, Rio Ave had a fantastic season. You know, they're one of the better teams in Portugal. Uh, they're, you know, they're not in Portugal. I'm sure you know you've got the big three, Benfica, Sporting and Porto, and they're just way ahead of everyone else. Then you've got a series of clubs who normally are fighting it out to get towards the top end of the table or to, to fight for Europe. And Rio Ave recently have been in that group, but they had a, a, an excellent season, even by their standards. Uh, they got actually a record amount of points this season. They qualified for the Europa League and uh, basically they, they played some lovely football and you know their fans were absolutely delighted. And I think football fans in general in Portugal really enjoyed watching them. Uh, as for Maritimo, they had a slightly disappointing season, I'd say. They're normally, again, normally in the top half of the league, although they've, done, they've fallen away a little bit over recent years. But this season, they had a bit of a traumatic season, really. They were had a brush with relegation for much of it, uh, ended up having a strong end to the season, and uh, in the end, you know, survived quite comfortably. Avs, unfortunately, were one of the stories of the season in Portugal for all the wrong reasons, because they've had terrible financial problems. Uh, the club's owners are actually owned by a Chinese businessman, and that's gone terribly wrong. And they've had all sorts of, uh, you know, financial problems. Some of the play, most of the players haven't yeah, been could, paid. Could you please tell us what, what happened with this uh, Chinese Chinese owner? Yeah, well, it's basically a you know a question of mismanagement. Uh, we're not quite sure of his motivations for buying the club in the first place, and uh, basically the players haven't been paid for. Uh, really, the problem started emerging at Christmas time, uh, or the start of the year, and they went for for weeks without getting paid. Things just got worse and worse, and uh, there's actually a possibility at the end of the season that they would forfeit their last two games, which would have been firstly absolutely terrible for the image of Portuguese football and secondly absolutely disastrous for the club itself because if that happened, the rules state that they would be banned from professional sports for I think five years or ten years. So it might have even, you know, brought an end to the club. So and 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 you know they're understandably they were bottom of the table. The players actually were the only people, representatives of the clubs who showed uh, dignity, really. They managed to, you know, carry on playing until the end of the season. And Mohammadi actually uh, impressed people quite a lot, even despite that background. This is quite interesting, you know. Uh, we like to also hear about uh, Amir Abedzadeh. He was... Uh, he had been like a like a dual fight with Charles uh, with with the goalkeeping situation. Could you talk us t- tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's a well, he's a good goalkeeper, Charles at Maritimo. Uh, you know, Brazilian. He was uh, ever since Amir has been here, which is three seasons now. Uh, you know, they've been uh, having, I'd say, healthy competition for that number one jersey most of the time. It has been Amir who's been uh, the, you know, the, the number one goalkeeper. And even this season, I think he actually started off uh, on the substitute bench, first five games or so. But then he got back in the team and he's been pretty much ever present since. 
and uh, he actually played a very important role in towards the end of the season because I was telling you that Maritimo they were they were in a disappointing situation really they were having a, a bit of a brush with relegation uh, and then towards the end of the season they had a fantastic run and uh, completely in the end they finished well clear of relegation and uh, Amir came in and in a very high profile match against Benfica he had an absolute stormer played superbly they won that match 2-0 but Benfica for the first half hour or so they were dominating the match and Amir made three or four stunning saves uh, ended up helping Maritimo win that match and then uh, from that moment onwards of course Amir stayed as the number one choice uh, and he I think they went on a run of just conceding one goal in five or six games. Uh, just this last game of the season was a bit of a crazy game, a three-all draw. But before that, they were just, you know, really strong at the back and he played a big role in it. So, yeah, he's a, you know, he's, he's a good goalkeeper, a good quality goalkeeper. We actually had the opportunity to interview him uh, on Portugal, uh, January or February time. Uh, he gave a really nice interview and uh, it's very interesting. Some of the things he said, he said, you know, how much he likes uh, Madeira, uh, what a beautiful island it was, uh, you know, the lifestyle over there, very friendly people, delicious food. He even said that when he thinks, when he finishes playing professional football, you know, he'd seriously consider making it his home. Uh, so, you know, he really does seem very well settled. Yeah, interesting and also really interesting about this competition between Charles, because uh, as you said, he's a decent goalkeeper as well. Now, uh, just as you mentioned, uh, Alves, they got relegated and uh, the, the players were basically the ones that helped the, the team actually survive. Uh, but let us talk about, as you said, Rio Ave with an amazing uh, number of points they got this season. Uh, how much is, uh, is that due to Taremi's goal scoring? Of course, 18 goals means a lot, but uh, how, how was it? How, how is the discussion in the Portuguese media about Taremi's impact on the team and in the, in the Portuguese league, of course? Yeah, it's been fantastic. You know, no two ways about it. Really, really positive. There was a lot of interest when he came because, you know, as you know, it's very unusual for uh, Port- for Iranian players to, to, to come to Portugal. And, uh, of course, that Amir, when he came, he was, I think, he's one of the first uh, one of the first ever, maybe. But uh, Taremi, you know, he came with a good record in Iran. And uh, and uh, I think, uh, is it the United Arab Emirates or uh, Qatar? I think. And uh, at international level as well. So people were very curious, but I don't think anyone really expected him to do this well. Perhaps, I say, anyone apart from the coach, Carlos Cavalial, because he knew immediately that he had quite a special player on his hands. And uh, He actually scored a hat-trick in his first start. And I remember the, very clearly the press conference after the game when Carlos Cavalier said, uh, you know, with all due respect to Portuguese football and to Rio Ave, uh, you know, Medi Tarami is a player who should be on a bigger stage. And to be perfectly honest, everything he's done this season has backed up that quote because he has really looked a class act. Like I said, he scored a hat-trick on that first day. He ended up with 18 goals in the season. He was actually set to be crowned, uh, the, you know, to get the trophy as the top scorer until two minutes from the end of the final match. Uh, Benfica striker Vinicius scored. 
And so they he finished joint levels uh, on 18 goals. But Vinicius got the trophy because he played less minutes. But, you know, fantastic achievement, really, by Taremi settling so well. I think there's no doubt about it. He, he'll probably be taking a step up to uh, a bigger club. Uh, you, you were bringing the subject here about maybe... Uh, he playing for Porto or or Benfica, you know, because these clubs and of course Porto maybe one of the best clubs in, in entire Europe to to get good players for a good uh, price and sell them maybe even more expensive than they done for the last ten years or something. Uh, could you see Torre be one of those players or uh, is he uh, like too expensive for Porto to? try to make a, some kind of financial uh, uh, move to get him for the next season. Yeah, it, well, it is a possibility. You know, you can't rule it out because I suppose the only thing which may make his price a little bit more affordable is he's not so young, is he? You know, a young player obviously has a lot more value just simply because you get more chance of a sell-on value, whereas Tereni, I think, is 28 And a non-U player as well. So. Yeah, 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 that's right. But, uh, you know, normally I would I would normally say yes. You know, normally that would be kind of a natural progression in Portugal. If you do very well for the, you know, the lesser clubs, then that usually signifies you've got a good chance of a step up to one of the big clubs, you know, Benfica or Porto Sporting. The problem in Portugal at the moment is that, well, especially for uh, Porto, they've been in terrible financial trouble. I mean, his stats, uh, his stats, 21 goals from 37 starts you know in his first season in Europe that's uh that's really that's really good going now this now that this team has been relegated do you see or can you see Mohamedi playing in another Portuguese club and uh, uh, if so what kind of team do you think he will manage to to score eight ten more goals again next season yeah possibly you know I think I think there's a good possibility of that because like you said you know it, Like I was just mentioning before, it's been a disaster of a season for the club. You know, they fit, apart from all these financial problems, or I suppose because of a lot of these financial problems, they, there was a really bad atmosphere. There must have been around the club, and they finished rock bottom. You know, they were relegated a, a, a long way before the end of the season. But uh, but he did well. You know, he uh, you know he scored eight. He was their top scorer. He was our top scorer. He scored eight goals, uh, which may not sound that much, but uh, the whole team. you know, in the season scored 24 goals. So he scored one third, you know, 33% of their goals. So <laughs> that's quite something really, you know, again, for a player, you know, turning up from a different continent and, uh, you know, his first season having to settle, having to get used to different football, having to get used to, you know, different language, different food, different culture. And you have to say he did very well. Uh, finally, uh, a quick question in the end here, Tom. Um, with the Iranian success in Portugal that we must say after this uh, this season, uh, do you think that uh, the rest of the Portuguese clubs are eyeing on Iran and Iranian players due to their success now? Will we maybe see a lot of more Iranian players in uh, Portugal the years to come? Well, it certainly won't do any harm, will it? <laughs> That's right. Like I say, only three players from Iran this season, and all of them have been very, very impressive. Uh, of course, I think we have to say there's there must be a bit of an influence from Carlos Queiroz. I know Taremi himself, he spoke about this. He said the reason he came to Portugal was because Carlos Queiroz 
recommended the country as you know a, a good kind of first base from someone coming from Asia. It's you know the, the football's not perhaps quite so high pressure as in some of the other European countries. Uh, you know, good good start, good lifestyle, uh, and you know perhaps not too perhaps a little easier to kind of you know break into European football than going straight to, for instance, England or Germany or Italy or Spain, or some, some, somewhere like that. So, yeah, but I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you're right. If you're looking at it from both points of view, you know, the Portuguese clubs, they've, they've got examples there, three Iranian players. All of them have been big assets to their clubs, uh, you know, players who have done well and who I think any team would like to have in their squad. And also, I suppose, from the point of view of Iranian footballers themselves and Iranian agents, you know, they can see that uh, if they if they manage to get an Iranian player to sign on for a Portuguese club, uh, you know, they can make a bit of a name for themselves and uh, hopefully progress in their careers. So, yeah, I think that's a, a strong possibility. Great. Well, thank you, Tom Kundert from Portugal. Really good journalist in Portugal covering the Portuguese football all in all for us non Portuguese-speaking fans. Uh, uh, once again, uh, let's hope that we we'll have more time to ch- chat with you about Iranian players, and maybe next time, even Tarami or somebody else actually wins the Golden Boots. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Okay, good talking to you. Thank you very you much. Too. So I'm going to be – first, we're going to talk to our first panelist, Arya, talking about uh, the players that are playing in Portugal, Amir, Abed Zadeh, Mehdi Taremi, and Mehdad Mohamadi, who all are playing in Portugal right now. Arya, what are kind of your thoughts of uh, what was spoken about in that interview and about these players? Yeah, absolutely. I think, first of all, Tom was brilliant in, in giving us an insight into Portuguese football. He's such a knowledgeable guy. But when it came – when it comes to – the season Taremi had, you know, very very rightly as he was he was he was pointing out, he has, you know, he will he will have good offers this summer. He will like he will most likely leave. Um, obviously Car- Carval, the the coach of Rio Ave, um, left that club, and you know I'm sure Taremi would like to go to a club where he's getting coached by a a, a, a top level coach. Um, Ideally for him, you know, if he stays in Portugal, he's already had experience playing in that league. He scored 21 goals this season in all competitions. You know, it, it would be great for him to stay there. Um, if he does move abroad, which I don't think is very likely, although Tom was alluding to the fact that it could be likely that he could move abroad. Um, it, you know, again, it would be a, a thing he'll need to get used to the league. Um, so obviously that that's, you know, something he really might have to consider. But... He has been having offers from Porto, Benfica, and all these kind of big clubs in Portugal. So if he does end up going to those to those clubs, then you know, fantastic. Um, Zade, you know, had a brilliant season as well. I think it was ten clean sheets. You know, fantastic. Um, I'll, I'll let Page want to speak about that in a minute. Um, but Merdad Mohamadi for me was the star of the season. For me, out of all the players who went to Europe. Have been to going to Europe from from the Iranian league. I've never seen a guy have such an impact for a team that's not very good, like like Av, who who got relegated and he managed to score something like eight goals, uh, having like almost eight assists. You know, he had a brilliant season and he wasn't much of a player for Sepahan in, in in the Persian Gulf Pro League. You know, so he came out of that league and he showed that he can be a top player and, he, and obviously. 
now he's in contention for a call-up for a national team. So, no, I'm, I'm really impressed with him. Well, just as uh, the interview we heard and uh, also what Arya mentioned, Mehdad Mohammadi, uh, the biggest surprise here. But for me, I- I'm still kind of in shock that Mehdi Taremi was able to be such a good player during the entire season. I mean, it's a really big step moving from the Qatari league to one of the best leagues in Europe in a club that's not among the top three in Portugal that usually have, you know, all the money, all the power or the resources to make such a big impact and to be a, such a valid player. I mean, I was super impressed that he was actually a better kind of goal scorer and player in uh, Portugal than he would have ever been in both Iran and Qatar. So, the, uh, and he's been criticized a lot from Iranian media and also from us in Golbezan that, you know, he, he seemed to be uh, lacking some sort of, let us say, maturity uh, or, or morale or something that, he, that doesn't take him to the next step. But I think he proved everybody, including me, wrong this season by being such a, such a, such a, such a class act on the pitch. And off the pitch, I mean, he's been kind of, you know, the humble guy and talking about the team and just, you know, uh, thanking his his uh, teammates for the goals and not not being maybe the the douchebag that he could have turned out to if he would stay in 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 the, in the Middle East and being the superstar in, to be honest, crappy leagues. So Mehdi Taremi. if he stays in in uh, Rio Ave, it will be probably just until the next uh, window opens sometime in you know the, the new year and hopefully he will continue to score and make a big impact and leave portugal but we have this problem with he's a iranian citizen you know so it makes it much more difficult for clubs to to get a player that doesn't have the uh, that doesn't come from the eu countries so he have to you know fight with a uh, with a, uh, for a spot with a lot of African players and a lot of South American players. And as we all know, those countries uh, uh, from those regions are much more established in Europe than Iranian players that just in the recent years have started to, to shine and make a big impact. So buying Ptolemy is, is a little bit of a risk for a, for a European club still. But it's it would be super stupid of a big team not to buy, you know, the number one goal scorer in Portugal. Although he scored as much as many goals as the as Pizzi or whatever his name was, but had like less assists or something like that. Um, Ptolemy, the main guy here, he he should he deserves something better than, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree with Arya and Pejman. Right now, like the Iranian national team players that are playing in Portugal are showing quite well how well they can play and bounce, not bouncing back, but it, they, uh, I guess bouncing back could be the right word, showing that they can play on the big stage uh, in, in big European countries. And so hopefully we see them prosper and come, as, as Paige Mount said, come maybe a season, uh, yeah, season into the next window. They could be playing for even bigger clubs than they are right now. So now we move to Belgium, where Samson talked to Belgium journalist Maxime Jakes about the players that are playing domestically in Belgium. 
And this is kind of the interview that he discussed with him. Aanval van Hagen, bal terug richting Mohamadi. Scoort het is 1 tegen 1. Koeke ziet er hier niet op uit. Mohamadi. Kajem Beeswijk bij Sissako. Vitrezaai voor zijn derde. Hedrick. Hi everyone, this is Samson Tamajani, editor of Golbizan. I have with me a writer for Common magazine and, and paper in uh, Belgium, commonly called DH. His name is uh, Maxime Jok. Is a writer. You can uh, find him at uh, Maxime Jok uh, on Twitter. Uh, Maxime, thank you for making time for me once again. Thanks to you. Happy to be here. All right, and so I just want to immediately start start off asking you about Iranian players in Belgium. Uh, can you tell us about Charleroi, where it has three Iranian players at the club right now, Kaveh Rezaei, a 19-year-old Yunus Delphi, and Ali Golizadeh. How did Charleroi do last season, and how do you think that uh, these, these players performed from your observation? Charleroi has made one of the best seasons of the history of the club. They finished at the third place. That was a really an amazing season. Um, nobody was uh, really, everybody was impressed because Charleroi is uh, a team uh, seven or eight in the, in the league um, the other years. But l- last year with this third place, they, they, were, they were really one of the best teams, one of the best football, very good pressing, but uh, and a very important Cavalier was the, the main striker of the team. Uh, his profile is huge very well. Uh, the, the way the team play with a lot of pressing, a lot of runs. Um, he's good with the head, left foot, right foot. He was really impressive. He was um, on loan uh, from Bruges. And that was his second season in Charleroi. He knows everybody. And he feels really like uh, at home in Charleroi. And he, he showed that um, last year. Um, about Golizade, Ali Golizade, young player, second season in Belgium, uh, better than the first one. Is I think is one of the most technical player of the of the Belgian league. Uh, very very good, uh, talented, gifted. Left footed, scored some beauties and um, and some assists. Also, he was really um, more decisive than previous year. You feel that he's growing up, and uh, for me. It's really one of the, the most enjoyable player in the league. Um, and the third one is Yunus Delphi. It was a difficult season for him, very young. Um, some problems with uh, injuries, uh, difficult to adapt to the Belgian league. So uh, I think that the second season will be the, the, the best for him. Uh, you can take an example of Golizade. The first season was a bit difficult, but the second season was really good. Yeah, about Rezaï. Do you have any insight to why his move with Bruges didn't really work out? They loaned him back, and with Bruges only one goal in 11 appearances? It didn't work out because uh, the style of Bruges is very specific, uh, with three at the back, and with um, a main striker, a very big one, a physical, and that, that's not the kind of player of Rezai. He's, he's, he's more like a second striker, but... Um, uh, Bruges never plays with two strikers. So it was really difficult for him. The relationship with the coach was not as good as in Charleroi. And, uh, you know, Bruges is a very big club playing European European games, uh, Champions League last year. And you, you cannot uh, have, a, have, a, have a bad day in Bruges. 
in Charleroi, you can have a bad game and then be uh, scored two goals the next week. In Bruges, it's very difficult to be consistent and Caver Rizai was not consistent in Bruges. Belgian fourth place finishers uh, Antwerp announced the signing of Iran number one, Ali Reza Baranvan, the goalie who casual fans know uh, stopped Ronaldo's penalty kick in the World Cup in Russia. He said a couple of years ago he always wanted to play in Europe. And two years later, his dream comes true. Maxime, do you think he will be the first choice goalkeeper considering they also brought another uh, a Frenchman? Yeah, they also brought Jean Butet from Moucron. Very good player also. He's young, young talent. So I think there will be a, a match between them to, 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 to fit the position of number one. But I think uh, Ali Reza uh, is maybe more experienced. Uh, and that could play uh, in his favor because Butte is a very, very talented goalkeeper, but sometimes he miss miss a game. Uh, but I think uh, Beravan will be more consistent, regular, and that could be the the best. He could be the the choice uh, from for Antwerp, but um, he came a few weeks ago, a few days ago. And Butte is there from five or six weeks. So maybe that could, at the beginning of the season, I think maybe Butte will start. But if he made a mistake, if he make a mistake, Beravan will play also. And I think he will be maybe in two or three months the number one. As we mentioned, this is Beravan's first time leaving Iran in his career. We all know the goalkeeper has to have a commanding presence on the pitch for his for his defensive front, at least. Uh, Maxime, how difficult is it for a foreign goalkeeper who is not fluent in French or English, maybe, to make an impact early in his arrival for the club? Yes, yeah, sure. it's very difficult because, you know, communication is very important in a defensive, um, uh, in defense. So I think the first choice at the beginning will be Butte because he speaks French. And in Antwerp, there is a lot of French-speaking players because Antwerp is in the Dutch part of Belgium, but a lot of players players um, are speaking French. But, you know, when you have quality and when your defense feels that you are confident, the language is not that important. If you... I think Beravant is kind of experienced goalkeeper, played World Cup, that could be... Um, advantage for him and uh, well for me in a few weeks he's, uh, he's the number one. Mm. Now a player who has been linked with the move to Premier League like Leeds uh, in recent days has been Milad Mohamadi. Uh, of course he's currently at Ghent who finished uh, second in the table I believe. How did Mohamadi do in his first season in Belgium? Do you think Ghent will want to sell him? Oh, he was a very good surprise like last season because in Belgium nobody knows him, but uh, he played very consistent games. He's a um, good, um, very good defender, good attacker. He's a modern uh, left back, and I'm not surprised that some teams are interested in him because the games uh, I've I've seen from him uh, were very good. Um, but I think for if I was him. I will stay one more year in Ghent to play as a starter all season because last season sometimes he was in the starting eleven, sometimes on the 
sometimes on, on the bench. He's still a young player. For me, the best choice for him would be to stay one year to make a really uh, complete year, a, a good year, and then to make a step forward. Iran also had uh, another two, another two players in Belgium who were playing on loan at uh, Open, I think, uh, Omid Ibrahimi and Said Ezatolahi, latter of which used to be in England. So if you could, can you elaborate on, on their performances as loan players and if the team might want to keep either of them permanently? Well, Open is a team with is a part because a lot of players are coming, a lot of players, um, the, the Mercato is always very um, agitated in Open. You know, there is a lot of travel, players coming, players leaving. So it's hard to be, um, uh, to get stability in that team. But I think that uh, Ezatoli and Ebrahimi played really good games last, last year uh, with experience, with the focus. There was in the midfield, uh, they were really important, you know, to manage the game, to, to, to talk with young people. I, I found, found them really interesting. But as I said, that's kind of a strange team when there is a lot of players leaving, coming. So I'm not sure they will be um, in the starting 11 at the, at the beginning of the season. But if the loan is um, complete, I think that they will be important for the team, uh, the main team. You think it helps that they have that World Cup experience also? Sure, that's, uh, there is uh, not uh, a lot of players in Belgium that have a World Cup experience. Uh, some have, uh, like company, for example, but in a club like Open, that's a really, really a nice, uh, nice line on the curriculum vitae. And that's important. And in the, in the dressing room, when you say, ah, this guy has played in the World Cup, that's uh, really important, I think, in Belgium. He is uh, Maxime Jacques. Uh, you can find him on Twitter uh, at uh, Maxime uh, Jacques, uh, M-A-X-I-M-E-J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. Uh, thank you again, sir, for coming on Golvezan. Thank you. Now, Arya, what did you think of the interview and some of the players that he discussed? And overall, what, was, what were your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, look, first of all, we have to talk about, in my opinion, a player who's been fantastic this season uh, for his club, Ghent, uh, Milad Mohammadi, who, in my opinion, Milad Mohammadi is probably one of the only players in the national team of Iran who's gar- who should be guaranteed a starting position. You know, we don't have another, a left-back outside of, of him, in my opinion. Um, and he proved it. You know, the game against Roma in, in the Europa League, you know, he was brilliant. He, he marked Spinazzola, the right-back uh, for Roma, you know, so, so well. Um, and I think he, he's really shown himself to be, have the ability to move to a, a bigger club. You know, we've seen offers from Leeds United, possibly, you know, going in the Premier League. It's a good chance that could happen. Um, if he played under Bielsa, it would be fantastic for him. Um, but I'm, I'm really impressed with him. I, I really am. I think that he's a guy who can who can develop even further, you know, from from where he's came from as well. Um, we also saw uh, two players going going on loan to U to U Penn, um, uh, Omid Ibrahimi and Saeed Azatullah, who 
who didn't play much this season, but Omri Ibrahimi was pretty much ever present for that club. Um, it's got an assist for them as well. I think I think both those players are are players who need con- con- continuity in their careers. You know, Omri Ibrahimi, you know, it's, his career is in a bit limbo right now. He's back to Al Ahly in Qatar, and we don't know what's going on with him. Saeed Azatullahi's career has kind of gone downhill very, very sharp, and I think that he's he's you know he's doing interviews saying that he's got two-year contract left with Rostov, which isn't true. He needs to focus on his career. He needs to focus on himself. He needs to focus on what he wants in his career. I don't know if he's doing that right now. Um, the last point is about the guys at Charleroi. You know, you've got Ali Ghoulizadeh and Kaveri Zoyi who had brilliant seasons. You know, Ali Ghoulizadeh for me is a guy who um, has developed as a, as, as a footballer. You know, he, if you looked at him when he was at Saipa in Iran, he was a very um, selfish footballer. You know, coming from a futsal background, very, very technical, but not very clever, you know, but he's become very clever. He's, he's developed in that league in Belgium and he's now one of the star players for his club. And Kaver Zai, you know, 14 goals, six assists, you know, it's, it's just, it's just brilliant from him. You know, this season he's been fantastic. Um, and, you know, Younes Delphi as well, you know, he, he didn't get any playing time, unfortunately, due to injuries. It's a shame, but. I like him as a player. I really do. I like Younes Delphi and I hope that he can get some playing time. But, you know, last point about Bayron Vand, you know, of course, you know, it was suggested by um, Maxime that uh, he, you know, he could be benched for the next few weeks at least. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know, he, he'll need to develop. He'll need to show himself in that league. You know, he'll need to show that he can be the player he was at Paris Police or at for Team Melia at the World Cup. So, you know, I hope that he does that. I think uh, Arya summarized uh, my opinions as well, really good. And I'm just happy that uh, Belgium is a good stepping stone for Iranian players to to learn the European kind of football and mentality. And uh, that's uh, one of the best leagues to do it in, in my opinion. So, yeah. So now we move finally to Turkey, where Arya talks to Berçu Ekin, Turkish journalist. Uh, about our, the two domestic Iranian players that are playing over in Turkey. And Fenerbahce hit back. They sure can. It's a new signing who scored here for Fenerbahce. Good play down the right. Alayat Sayed Manish, the Iranian. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, today I'm joined by Burcu Eken. Um, I'm really pleased to have you on. How are you doing? Hello, Anya. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Um, Obviously, we're here to speak about the Turkish league. Uh, We've got two players playing in that league, uh, Majid Hosseini and Sayad Manesh. Um, But first of all, I want to ask you about uh, Trabzonspor this season. How do you think they did? Trabzonspor has performed more successfully than this season for a long time. Uh, the team was in the first two places in the, the last 2010-2011 season. Uh, they managed to, to do this season and won the Turkey Cup. Uh, Turkey Cup is very important because here, a great success for the Trabzonspor. Uh, because the mark uh, was last 
last vote in 2010, uh, the economic measures implemented by the new management and the extra performance of the football players take them to the top. Yeah, definitely. I think they, they invested a lot of money in the club. Um, so, but now Trabzonspor, because of that, Trabzonspor have now been banned from European competitions. So, what's your thoughts regarding that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was an unaccepted decision for the Trabzonspor. They had to pay for the mistake of past administrations. But uh, as uh, Burjekan, I said in the UEFA December report that there might be sensation, but nobody believed me. So uh, in this respect, it was an expected result. UEFA warning, uh, UEFA warning uh, had to be taken into account that uh, this is not good for Trabzonsport and Trabzonsport fans and uh, players because everybody believe going to the Champions League but uh, now everybody going to uh, other teams. Absolutely. Uh, Burcu, just before we move on, I want to just ask you quickly if you can give us your social media uh, where, where the people who are listening can find you. My social media? Twitter, uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the social media, same, uh, at Burcu Ekan TV. Excellent. Brilliant. So, okay, so the next question, um, obviously people who are listening will be really excited to hear, is about Majid Hosseini. Um, people want to know how, how he done this season in your, in your view. Uh, Majid was behind the first season. Uh, he was one of the key players of the team last year, but uh, lost it. Especially, he pulled uh, his own rope with the red card he saw amateurly, amateur. Uh, however, yeah, amateurly, yeah, for sure. Amateurly, yeah. yeah. Uh, however, he's uh, he's still a worthy player. If he takes care of uh, himself and develops, he can play in top uh, in the top uh, eleven again. But now, very difficult. Very yeah, and, you know, they have, uh, I think they have Kampi, uh, Hussein Turkman and uh, De Costa. So it's, it's difficult for him to get into the yeah, starting yeah, line. Yeah. A lot of competition in that club. Um, so what what is the view of the fans on Majid Hosseini? As you know, Majid had a very good uh, World Cup. Uh, his performance there was uh, important and uh, he came to the Trabzonspor. Uh, Trabzonspor gained an important name. Uh, when the fans first arrived, Majid Hussein, uh, nobody didn't know uh, nothing. Uh, for this, this reason, almost uh, nobody had a clever view. Despite the tournament, it was almost a closed box. Uh, your reception to each scenario uh, can be deceived. Uh, during his first season, Majid was loud and uh, expected to expect to, to the uh, best teams in Europe. Uh, however, no one is pleased with the, this season performance. 
Yeah, I mean, he he played quite well last season. And, you know, obviously he was, he was playing in the World Cup with Iran. Um, and this season, I think he maybe took a step backwards in his career, um, I would say. Um, what is his future at the club, though? Uh, do you think he'll leave? And if he does leave, what's the impact of him leaving? Uh, as you know, uh, Majid is in the last year of the contract. The option was used and the uh, contract was extended for another one year. Uh, management is happy to work with him, but can he uh, can sell if, uh, if a good offer comes. However, it is a professional with high expectations. They uh, rejected to 2 million euro offer from uh, Sampdoria. Uh, we will see if if there is a an, another suggestion. Maybe he will going to there, but uh, maybe uh, he will come to Turkey. Mm, maybe maybe he'll go back to, to. I don't think he'll go back to Iran, but he could go to maybe a team in Italy. Um, yeah yeah maybe. The other other player, of course, uh, in Turkey that we have uh, who's been playing very well for Iran uh, from youth youth international level. Uh, he, he moved to Fenerbahce last season. Uh, uh, is of course Arayar Sayad Manesh, uh, who didn't really play this season. He was on loan at Istanbul Espor. Um, he even scored one goal for them at the start of the season. But then he came back to Fenerbahce. What do you think are are his plans, or Fenerbahce's plans for Alayar Sayad Manesh for next season? Um... As far as uh, I have learned, Emre Belezoğlu, uh, you know, uh, he's a new sport director of Fenerbahce, had a meeting with the Allahyar. He told him that the, he would continue in the new season with the Fenerbahce. As you know, Allahyar played uh, against, before the uh, season, uh, opposite the Çaykuriza Sport in the last game. Uh, because uh, Vedat Muric has uh, suspended for a red card. Uh, the football club, uh, Fenerbahce, he played, was happy uh, about the Allahyar. Uh, they are taught uh, next season with the Allahyar and uh, to the taught are good against the team. So, from what I gather, I, I guess that last game of the season against, I think it was against, uh, yeah. that was a good performance from him and then they, they want to keep him for next season. Yes, yeah, because he's very young. Yeah. So Emre Belezolo uh, wants to be uh, going with them, uh, with him, sorry. Uh, and uh, maybe Fenerbahce fans, uh, Fenerbahce fans will be uh, believe him now because uh, he is very young he doesn't play uh, very much in Fenerbahce and uh, Istanbul sport actually uh, uh, the Istanbul sport period wasn't very good for Allah here but uh, I think this is my uh, opinion uh, here the real problem may be in Istanbul sport because uh, they are uh, one one league down play uh, TFF first league 
and uh, they coach and uh, Istanbul sport team very different for the Allah yard because in Turkey uh, Super League and the first league very different if you wanna play uh, Super League you must be uh, not hard work for Super League but if you wanna play in uh, TFF first league you must be uh, hard very very hard so very different uh, mentality coach management uh, president and football player very very different so i think uh, i believe him and uh, the next season uh, he will show himself in the next season in fenerbahce i believe yeah i hope so i hope so because he's a player he's a player who in iran is very highly rated young player who's always been very talented at maybe like 16 17 years old uh, yes. Iranian fans were expecting a lot from him um, so hopefully he does play more next season for Fenerbahce but um, Burcu I really appreciate you coming on uh, taking your time to do this interview with us and hopefully we can speak to you soon later on um, maybe next season after after the season finishes thank you very much thank you you're welcome uh, maybe we will see in my uh, social media and t- uh, in my program in yeah. the ra- radio and uh, maybe why not <laughs> oh thank you very much that was very nice of you okay now Arya, what did you think about the interview what were your initial thoughts what are your talking points from it yeah no it was um it was a uh, an interesting interview. He, she she really gave us a lot of depth about in depth analysis on Majid Hosseini's career this season. How how it's come from. He's be, he was he started out quite well, um, and he, he kind of he didn't show a lot this season in terms of the kind of same what we expect from him. You know when he came from Estoril, he was very very talented, very very sought for centre back. You know obviously doing so well in the World Cup, but he didn't show that he can progress in this in this league in this club, and I think that's an issue for him. I think it's become an issue for him over the last six six to seven months um, that he's not played a lot of games. He hasn't started a lot of games, and he needs, in my opinion, either to move on from Turkey, like overall, just move from Turkey, or find a club in Turkey, maybe it's like a lower a club lower down in the, in the table, that will guarantee him playing time because he cannot afford to become a, 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 a where he doesn't get playing time and he, get, and he gets loaned out. He has to go to a team where he's going to get guaranteed game time because at this stage in his career, he needs that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm obviously I'm a huge fan of Magic Dosin. I think he's a brilliant player, but I do... 100% I don't put a blind side to what he's done this season and he hasn't been the same player so so yeah so now quick little intermission break guys if you're not following Golbizant on Twitter and Instagram make sure you do so and if you're listening to us on whatever preferred podcast platform you are we're also available on the Apple podcast app Spotify Google Play Music and now on YouTube so you got to go subscribe to us on YouTube so make sure to do that now we'll go back to talking about that interview Pejman do you have anything else you'd like to add on to what Arya discussed uh, from the from that interview in Turkey? Yeah, well, once again, I agree with Arya what he said about uh, Majid getting playing time. 
but I don't agree with uh, him moving to another Turkish club. I think uh, he will get, you know, uh, lost from the big stage at this moment. Uh, yeah, he he's been getting uh, less playtime, and when when he finally got some good playtime, he managed to get like a red card, which is uh, very unusual for him. Um, so I think that you know playing in a let's say Trabzonspor is a big club, at, at least a successful club. Playing in a successful club that is uh, that won the Turkish league, that fought at, until the very end for winning the league itself, you will have a lot of tough competition, and that competition uh, is really good for him to to develop. And yes, I do agree that he needs to, you know, he's still very young, but he needs to think what he wants to do the next season because if he will continue to be on the bench and play, play like every fifth or sixth game he might very well lose his position uh, in the national team as well that's that wasn't even really guaranteed at the end uh, with the uh, Carlos Queiroz so uh, i hope he'll stay in in Trabzonspor if he was going if he will move then he should leave Turkey for for good or at least go to other big big clubs but he won't be safe for uh, certain to get a play time there as well so uh, he's in a tricky position and needs to show uh, himself to earn that spot well, I think one of the things obviously that's come up recently has been his, his link to Sampdoria uh, in Serie A which is a good club you know, we know Sampdoria is a good club. They've always been successful in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the Serie A. They didn't have a good season, but they well developed. They're always a club who looks who looks to develop and bring in young players. You know, they, they've had players like Romagnoli, um, who've developed as a centre back. I think it was Joachim Anderson last season who came in and he was fantastic, and he moved to Lyon, another centre back. So they can develop players. Whether or not he goes there, I don't know, but you know we'll see what happens. You know his his career is interesting one to look at. Um, last point uh, was on Alayar Sayad Manish. Um, probably discussed it before too as well. Um, yeah, you know pretty 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 basic. I think he will stay at Fenerbahce for for one more season, and I hope that he does get get some more playing time this season. So the final player uh, player we want to discuss and the fi- final piece of this podcast episode is we want to talk about Godus, who plays for Amiens. Uh, Pejman has been following his career very closely, as this, as we've seen listened to in previous podcasts. And we kind of want to discuss what is going to happen with him at Amiens, as they just recently got re- relegated in League A. Now he's playing in the second division. Will it be a good idea for him to stay, leave? What's kind of like, what's going to happen with him? There's a big uh, balloon in the air with Godus, we all want him to be successful. Um, and Pejman's going to be kind of here to discuss that. What's what what do you, what do we think is going to happen with Godus in the in, in his career right now during the transfer window? Well, to understand what will happen, we have to look back and see what have happened, uh, has happened. And uh, I believe that he probably got his worst season as a football player ever, at least at this level. You know, uh, we uh, he got this banned from FIFA for around four months because he had these issues about him he was signing with Spanish League Huesca or not uh, and uh, FIFA uh, overruled that and made sure that not only did he was, was he suspended for four months he also got a 
really big fine, or if I'm not mistaken, 4 million euros or something like that. And, you know, that kind of pressure and that loss, you know, against FIFA is a really big blow for a player that probably was in one of his most important uh, years as a as a football player you know he's not 20 anymore he's what 26 27 now uh, he needs to show himself at the big stage and when he will return it didn't take a long time until he got injured so you know you got the ban you get the 4 million euros that you have to pay or not you know i think that's still up to uh, the last word haven't yet been said uh, he came back, he was injured. And then the coronavirus uh, came and, you know, he more or less uh, lost his place in the national team. Uh, he he is at, I think right now, he is not where he wants to be. He didn't move to Amiens as one of their most expensive players to play in League 1. League two, sorry, but uh, of course, Amiens didn't expect to to get relegated, and that's something. Also, an, another point here that at first they weren't supposed to get relegated because the league actually wasn't finished, uh, but then uh, they they that get overruled and they got relegated. And at the moment, he's still in Amiens and he's uh, playing in the second league although he he scored his first goal for that uh for the club now in that league uh, i know that uh he is interested to move to another league or at least this is not where he wants to be in his career although he acts very professional he says you know uh, outside that he wants to he wants to do his best and he wants to show himself and that's understandable because last season was, to be honest, as I said, a horrible season for him in all kinds of ways. So to be able to move from France or to Ligue 1 or somewhere else, he needs to have a good season here uh, until the next window. And, and uh, if not, then he will stay there. And uh, his, uh, the, uh, his spot in a national team will still be you know, 50-50 in my opinion. Uh, if we get a, if we have a Samo Godus that is in good shape, both like you know physically and mentally, he will outshine that league for sure because he's that good and he have all those um, necessary tools to to become a star in that league. And uh, I think that he will do that if he get if he can you know don't have any injuries. And hopefully we will see him in a better league or in a better club and back to the national team because I think that he belongs there. Now we just have to prove it once more. Exactly. We just want to look for the best for Godus. And I think Pejman says it completely best. And hopefully we see his career progress because we know he has a lot of potential and he's a very successful, has a good, good has a good mindset when it comes to when he plays on the pitch, on and off the pitch. And so hopefully we see uh, good things happen uh, for him. So that's the end of the podcast, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. There will be a part two where we discuss 
uh, w- uh, we discuss other players from the, that are playing in other domestic leagues with other journalists that uh, our awesome uh, team has dis- has talked to. And we hope you guys enjoyed it. As I said in the middle of the podcast, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at GoldBizan. And then to, uh, to subscribe to us and listen to us on all the platforms possible, especially YouTube, because we're trying to make that platform grow and YouTube is a dope place to listen to our podcasts on. So make sure you uh, go check us out on YouTube as well. Hey, this is Arash Markazi from ESPN, and you're listening to Golbezat, your one-stop shop for all your Iranian soccer news.